Welcome to Business Buzz. Great to see you today. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, same location in Chico for the last 27 years. I'm also the professor of taxation at the local law school, Cal Northern School of Law. I've been doing a lot of income taxes and a lot of accounting, but I really, I really enjoy the income tax work the most because I can directly see how I'm directly uh, helping people. We teach, I teach people how do you, how do you just become a low, how do you get that tax down and how do you keep it down? How do you pay less tax over the years? I pride myself in having helped uh, many, many people, uh, large, large accounts, small accounts, a lot of self-employed people. That's one of the main groups of people that I can help uh, really well. Uh, it's amazing. I just uh, met a new client the other day, and uh, it, the the thing that struck me was that there was a other person preparing these taxes previously, and this particular person makes a lot of money in the medical field, and he had an opportunity based on the tax return that I looked at to have put away probably fifty thousand uh, dollars into uh, into a retirement plan, which would have saved him in his tax bracket between federal and state probably twenty thousand dollars. So I I'm looking at reviewing this tax return that I didn't prepare and. I'm not seeing the number that should have been there for a, a wealthy guy who could have saved $20,000. Nobody told him. So anyway, he's he's going to be a new client of mine, and I'm going to save him tons of tax. So that's what I do. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, anytime you need help with any tax question, I offer a free initial consultation. Uh, my name's Harold Littlejohn. I'm a CPA at 1208 Mangrove Avenue in Chico. My number is 895-3353, and my email is herald at hlittlejohn.com. Anytime you need anything tax-wise or even a second opinion on an investment, call me because I've, I've been around the block. I can help you with some, some good ideas. It's, it's kind of what I do. Now, today I've got uh, with me here in the studio, uh, Douglas Broughton's here. He's the host of Business Buzz uh, Monday and Wednesday and sometimes on Friday. How you doing, Douglas? Doing great, Harold. Good to be here with you. All right. Good to see you. Thanks. Douglas is the head of the CBNA, uh, Chico Business Persons Network Association. Uh, tell him a little bit about that, Douglas. Well, I formed this uh, two and a half years ago, and actually, uh, uh, Harold was uh, instrumental in helping me do some of the forming of this. It was my idea, and we put it together, came up with a name, uh, Chico Business Network Association, and uh, it started off quite well. We got up close to 20 people the first few months. Uh, we're down now at about uh, somewhere between 12 and 15 because we're seriously concerned about the quality of the individuals in the group, that every one of them is really the top of their game in Chico area and outline Chico area. We have uh, two new members coming in. One's a flooring man from over in um, uh, Orland area and uh, got another one over a similar area over close to him in uh, Calusa. That's a, a contractor, D&D Electrical Contracting. And I've been after an electrician for a long time. It's hard to get a good one, and he is the top of the game. So we're, we're bringing in new members. We meet at Cozy Diner every Tuesday from 1130 to 1. So if you'd like to come in and check us out, you're sure welcome. 
we'll be going over some of the names. I, I go over them on my program, which is like Carol says, Monday and Wednesday and sometimes Friday, 3 o'clock here on KKXX 104.5. But uh, in a little while, we'll give you a number how to call in here and inquire of Harold what he's up to, what he's got to offer. And believe me, this man is vast in his knowledge. He reads a lot. And he not only knows CPA, he knows about what's going on financially in the world. He knows what's going on in our government. He's a he's the go-to guy. I've had him as my CPA for 15 years, and I'm referring people to him all the time. And their testimonials are unbelievable. They're saying, man, I wish you had referred him to me a long time ago. So, Harold, I'm turning it back over to you. Thanks, Douglas. I appreciate that. And I'm going to share a little bit of that knowledge because I do read a lot. It's sort of my hobby. I I love fiction, but I don't end up reading fiction because when I have an hour or two to read, I've got too many great uh, nonfiction type news things to learn about. So that's what I do. So the last time I spoke with you, I was discussing our uh, the national debt, which everybody seems to want to just sort of ignore and sweep under the rug and not talk about it. It's like the the 800-pound gorilla in the room. It's around $20 trillion right now. And the other day I told you guys about what 20 trillion, what the real meaning of 20 trillion is, because most people don't really have a good understanding of what that is. So the other day I had explained that if you had $1,000 bills stacked tightly, a million dollars would be about four inches long, a billion dollars would be like a football field, including the end zones, but a trillion dollars would be from Chico to Redding, $1,000 bills stacked tightly all the way to Redding, and $20 trillion would be $1,000 bills stacked tightly from Redding to El Paso, Texas. And if anybody's ever driven to El Paso, first, my condolences, and second, <laughs> that's a long drive. <laughs> so that's what $20 trillion is in $1,000 bills. Now, today what I have for you is some new knowledge to contemplate. What if you were to analyze what a trillion is in seconds? Well, that's what I'm going to do with you today. So first, let's talk about what a, now we're dealing with seconds, uh, units of time. So what do you think a million would be, Douglas, if you just had to totally guess something? A million seconds. A what million do you think seconds? it would be? Oh, you, How you, long would it be? You got me there. I, okay. I think it would be a few hours. No one would know this. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> It would be about 11 and a half days. Wow. That's a million seconds. Wow. Now, the reason I'm saying this is that I want everybody to have an idea of just how humongous 20 trillion is. So a million seconds would be 11 days. That's a pretty good guess to, to say a few hours because that's very hard to figure. A billion seconds would be 32 years. <laughs> so you can see how much bigger a billion is than a million because a billion is a thousand million. In fact, over in England, I notice those guys say a thousand million. They don't say a billion when mm. they're talking about billions. That's right. So, so a billion seconds would be 32 years. Now here comes the trouble. A trillion is a thousand billion. So a trillion seconds is 32,000 years in wow. our time. Wow. Now, I know this is a Christian faith-based station, so some of us don't go back more than a few hundred years. <laughs> but if you did, it would be 32,000 years as a trillion. Now, here's where the math gets interesting. Our national debt isn't only a trillion. That was probably that 30 years ago. 
It's now twenty trillion. It doubled between '08 and '16, the Obama administration. Twenty trillion in seconds is a trillion, which is thirty-two thousand years times twenty. That's six hundred and forty thousand years back in seconds. Wow! That's wow. how many dollars our 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 uh, system is in the hole. I have a comment to make about the Obama administration. This just is perfect timing, if you would allow me, Harold. Oh, no problem. Okay. I'm, I've, I've, this I've, you've little got comment me. is seconds, just a few seconds of your time. With this in mind, with these staggering numbers you're throwing at us, it reminds me of his platform when he was running. We need change. <laughs> Matt, $10 billion additional indebtedness. $10 trillion I, additional. Under his administration? Did I say million? I you, meant no, you said, I think you said billion. I but don't know what I said. We started in 08 before the big <laughs> fight. Okay, I believe, and I'd have to kind of look back. I don't have all this right in front of me. The normal debt of this country back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I believe was four or five trillion. When the crisis in 07 and 08 hit, we, unbeknownst to everybody, bailed out the world's financial system with about $12 trillion. Wow. Which included European banks getting injected with money. So basically, this is a fairly new thing. But yes, every administration so far has not dealt with these deficits and this borrowing. Well, this this was my comment. I got the wrong trillion billion gazillion right well that, got, that, was, that, that, that was the whole point but, yeah but but the point i'm making is his whole platform basically was it's time for a change well bless his little heart he got in there within his short time of being in office managed somehow by his brilliance to sink us another 10 to trillion. double to right, double right. it we were 10 billion i mean not billion i keep saying trillion, billion. trillion. we were 10 trillion he managed to double that to twenty trillion in just a few short years in his term. So brilliant! We we ought to all stand up and give him a standing ovation and applaud him. That's true. That's hard to do. But but before you <laughs> before you paint the the borrowers with a democratic brush, they've all done it. Yeah. And the one who really started the ball rolling was the Reagan administration. When you if you look at a chart of the deficits, so uh-huh. my my main contention politically is that. Either party is stuck because we are so far in debt right now that no matter who's in charge, I mean, right now we have a Republican president and a Republican Congress, but they aren't doing much right now, as far as I can see, to really deal with this. I believe Trump's budget came out and he's cutting some social expenditures, but I believe the military's going way up. So I think the deficits are still staying up. But no, I know what you mean. So the reason I brought that up is that Anyone with their money in the basic bank-type regular money accounts really needs to think twice about how is this going to play out. And I can tell you right now, there is no way out of this mess unless something changes drastically. The way they talk about it the most, I can't say what's going to happen or when, someone's going to have to do, they're going to have to do what's called a reset somehow. What would happen in a reset, possibly, 
is that we would end up with a new dollar that would be a domestic use dollar that would be worth less than the dollars you have right now. That's the problem. So that your bank account might still say $100,000 in your savings, but the price of a Toyota just went up from 25000 to 50000 <laughs> The price of a loaf of bread just went, well, it's not cheap now. What's it, four or five bucks? It just went from four or five to eight to ten. A gallon of gas just went from maybe three dollars to eight dollars. The problem is there's no way out of this twenty trillion dollar debt, other than changing the rules of the game, which is which is what a reset would do. Mm. And that's why I still and in fact the KKXX was has an ad this morning that I heard about the gold and silver physical IRA, and um, I was very. Uh, impressed with that ad because uh, that's just another, it's a chance for you to take part of your money and what's called, what I call money insurance is to have part of your money in in what is real money, which would be gold and silver. But anyway, I, I wanted to start off with that whole trillion analysis because number one, I think the thing about the seconds and the how many miles the stacks of thousand dollar bills, I think that's a lot of fun. So I enjoy it. But really, uh, oh, the other thing about um, uh, the other thing about the six hundred and forty thousand years is if you go in the Earth time history, not the biblical history, but if you go on the Earth time history, I looked up after I did this calculation. I said, well, I wonder what was going on six hundred thousand years ago on the Earth, and according to the people who uh, believe in the uh, archaeology and the anthropology, that was right around the time where. Get ready for this. According to them, humans and Neanderthals branched off due to an incompatible Y chromosome. <laughs> so that's how long ago 20 trillion seconds was. <laughs> so anyway, that, that was just something fun I wanted to talk about. Now, my next topic, which is an amazing story I just read, is the article is called Cashless Society Alert. Visa, which is the giant credit card company, Visa will be giving up to $500,000 to restaurants that go 100% cashless. Think about that. How many of you enjoy having a, you know, a few 20s in your wallet and if you go out to eat, you can just pay with a 20 and leave the waitress a cash tip, maybe at Cozy Diner? We'll talk about that when we get right back from this break. Be right back. to go all the way to Mars for water when we have the best tasting water at Mount Shasta. It comes from our protected springs and is delivered right to your door. Great landing, Bob. Hey, where are you going with that? Those Martians are stealing my water. Guess we have some new customers. And anyone can get Mount Shasta spring water if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple. Naturally, the best Mount Shasta spring water. Hall Marketing and Design in Chico would like to remind us that thousands of children who were safe at home a year ago are missing today. Parents, it is important to keep recent photographs, fingerprints, and dental records of your child. If you have any information that may lead to the location of a missing child, report it. This message from Hall Marketing and Design in Chico. Visit them online at hallmarketingdesign.com or call 895-9484. 
That's 895-9484. They're on the air because they care about our children. Hi, it's Matt Four. And Erica Smith. And you should join us every Friday for Chico Now Friday at 1230, 5 and 9 p.m. Why do you say? Why should you join us? <gasps> because we like to have so much fun. We do. And we talk to people in the community, organizations and businesses. And we hope that you listen because we enjoy it. And we want you to be there because without you, we might as well be talking in a closet. <laughs> you are there, right? I am here <laughs> on KKXX 104.5 FM and 930 a.m. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I was talking about an interesting development in the what's called the war on cash. And uh, this article, I'm just going to read a few, uh, a little bit of it. Um, Visa is trying to encourage businesses to go cashless. And one of the ways they will be doing this is by awarding up to $500,000 to 50 eligible U.S.-based small business food service owners who commit to joining the 100% cashless quest. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not on a cashless quest. I kind of like the idea of, you know, being able to go out to dinner and pay with a $20 bill. Or Well, at the Cozy Diner, you can do it on a $20 bill. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we got to plug Cozy. Other places you can get a uh, appetizer and a, maybe a drink for 20 but that's about it. But anyway, so uh, I didn't know anybody was on a cashless quest. Anyway, here's what this article goes on to say. Uh, this guy says, uh, the food industry is still one of the last bastions where cash is used very heavily, and so it makes sense that Visa would want to target that segment. Of course, the more people that use cards to pay for meals, the more money that Visa will make. When I go to restaurants, and this is in the article, I almost always use cash, and I know a lot of other people that very much prefer to use cash in those situations as well. But if Visa has their way, soon all of us will be forced to use some form of digital payment instead. Um, so uh, my whole point of this is that who who would possibly be interested in everybody going cashless? And my contention is the government would be able to virtually control all um, all of the business that goes on. I mean, everybody's still obligated right now, even if you receive cash, of course, to put it on your income tax return. But the idea that you can't, wouldn't be able to use cash uh, to me is just very regressive and uh, doesn't really make sense. Plus, if you read your dollar bill, it says this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. And I can't see where I almost think it might be illegal for a business to not accept cash. But then again, they can rewrite that if they want, and they probably will. Did you know there's a couple of bank uh, chairmen, some Federal Reserve Bank chairmen, Douglas, that actually want to get rid of the hundred and the fifty dollar bill. Well, that's the first step. Yeah, that's the step. If they yeah. start at the hundred and go down to the fifty, and they get they delete those. They've already deleted the thousand dollar bill, right. And the five hundred dollar bill, right. You don't see them anymore since I don't know when. It's you know, I just I just read about that. They did that along with. I think it was in the 30s or something. I, I I just heard about that, but they didn't make them. They didn't make them not legal tender. That's mm -hmm. one thing they always try to keep everything legal tender. Mm -hmm. But they made it to where no one's going to spend them because now they're collectible. 
coin collectors actually collect those thousand dollar bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, this whole idea of a of a cashless society is just kind of weird because I just read where in Sweden they've been pushing this a long time, and they actually have ninety five percent of the business transactions in Sweden are cashless. Well, this is all a push from the New World Order to have total control on all us serfs and peons down here. <laughs> and it's it's getting more and more obvious. People that didn't used to believe that, that believed this was just, oh, oh, this is just conspiracy theory. Now they're starting to raise their eyebrows and say, well, uh, I'm, I'm faced with having to stop and look at the reality of it all. If, if there are countries going cashless now, going that direction, then it'll follow suit here and there, especially, you say, Sweden? Sweden is, is big on the cashless. I'm sure Europe's a lot that way. Mm-hmm. The real problem is this whole new generation, not only are they using digital for everything, so every time they do a transaction at Starbucks, they're ri- number one, they're risking somebody hacking their money account or you know their bank account. But number two, they think that that is the way you pay. And I've been in business, like I say, 27 years at the same location. My main form of receiving my payments from my customers is a check. They write a check. I don't pay Visa 2% of every amount I take in. I get a check. I deposit it. Uh, Of course, you know, once every few years, a check will bounce. If it does, I get a new one from the client. Occasionally, I lose a little money. But the point is, is that we have a generation that is happy using their debit card for every little payment. They're also happy communicating with everyone else on a virtually public platform like a cell phone because Yahoo and Verizon and all those guys work for the government and turn over information anytime government asks them. So Your personal information. Right. Well, yeah, like, you know, what are you doing tonight and where are you eating dinner? I mm-hmm. mean, what we have a problem coming in the future of our country with an entire generation who doesn't even understand the concept of the Constitution. That's true. And like the Fourth Amendment, the illegal searches and seizures. Right. Um, As far as one of my son is, well, you know, my son's a smart guy. He's in his 20s. He's not not even as, as digital as this latest generation. We have a caller we're going to talk to here that just uh, is joining us. Hi, Jim. This Hi. is Harold. Hey, Harold. How's How it going? How you doing? Hey, good. Listen, I, good to I hear wanted from to you. ask you about the size of the economy involved. I mean, Sweden Sweden is dying out. I mean, they're they're one of these countries that the birth rate is so low that there aren't going to be any Swedes in 50 years. So you're looking at a really tiny, tiny economy. And I, I, you know, comparing it to something like the United States, I don't know if there's a real connection there. The United States has such a massively huge economy that uh, cash is just—it's um, just way too easy. I deal more in cash today than I I did back in the '80s. It's—I'm a contractor, and we we get cash all the time. And even millennials will ask me, "Well, did you take a credit card?" Well. I do, but I'm going to have to charge you another 10%. And they they scotch that idea real quick. Right. So, <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it cost me to set up this business. You know, they, and they, they all want, well, between 2 and two and 7% yeah. 
right. on this. I've looked into it a, a few times, and it just it just doesn't pay. And most people are already squeaking, you know, for home repairs because nobody likes home repairs. I mean, right, right. You know, it's something they're, a, right. They're always trying know, to save money. Right. Yeah, you're talking a deck or a shade structure or something fun like that. Then they're all in. But if they have to do bathroom models, they're just going, oh, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> right. No. And, and your point, your point's well taken. And I don't really argue that Sweden versus U.S. is, 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 a, is a weird comparison. But what my, what my theory is, is that since it is sort of a global thing and there's a lot of global work being done with like the International Monetary Fund and all that, I believe that these smaller countries are just testing grounds and we're going to be utilized for this. You Are you aware of what they did in India regarding the currency? No, about, about I, I missed that story. Yeah, yeah about uh, somewhere six or nine months ago, I believe, the prime minister in India came out and said the two largest bills, which over there are equivalent to about a 10 and a $20 bill here, were, were going to be banned and no longer legal tender. So... They have a uh, they have an agrarian society where it was like eighty five percent of the business was in cash, but that government came in and screwed a lot of people up. They had people like waiting in line. They were doling out smaller bills. They had to they had to take all these bills to the bank and get bank accounts. So I, I do understand what you're saying that the Sweden isn't a direct comparison, but if I remember right, the statistics I've read is that our economy here is 40 to 50 percent it's almost it's either 40 60 or 50 50 cash versus credit and we're not at the 95 level at all but what i'm saying is that the combination of the government wanting to take cash out of the system and this younger generation who doesn't like to deal with cash because they think it's okay otherwise because you know jim remember the kids using the cards they don't pay a fee to use them you pay a fee to receive the money. Yeah. They yeah. are old or, enough to when, know. When I explain yeah. that, it, it it kind of evaporates all of their, their fun little PayPal ideas and right. things like that. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it does bother me, though, that they could change the currency. Like, they, if you look at a, a wad of $100 bills, I just got a, I got paid in cash here just a couple weeks ago. It was a large wad. And $100 bills, there must have been, oh, five or six different printings of $100 bills. Right, so I, just a few I years think, ago, they didn't have the colors, they didn't have the strip. Uh, yeah, and there's all kinds of variations. Yeah, and I know they're trying to beat the counterfeit thing, but it does make it a lot easier to say, okay, we're changing $100 bills, you got to change in $500 bills to get back three. That's right. Hey, Jim, can you hang on until we get cut back from the break? Yeah, sure. All right, hang on. We'll be right back, folks. Stay right. tuned in. You're about to ride through the good life here with Mike the Wine Guy Rayford. Hi, this is Mike Rayford inviting you to join me every Saturday from 2 to 4 right here on KKXX Chico for The Good Life Show where we talk about food, wine, travel, and lifestyle. Tune in on KKXX Chico to get all your good life needs. Warning, the following may include happiness, smiling, laughter, bundles of joy, spontaneous hugging, and overall, a good time. Two to four, right here on KKXX Chico. 
Hi, this is James McDonald, Bible teacher on Walk in the Word. I can't tell you how much we appreciate radio stations like the one you're listening to right now. Without our radio partners, Walk in the Word wouldn't be, couldn't be heard each day. Be sure to contact your station and let them know how much you appreciate their ministry in your life. Walk in the Word with James McDonald, weeknights at 6 p.m. here on KKXX. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while because you have the idea that church is not relevant to your life. But churches have changed a lot. Here's what some people have to say about churches these days. I think there's just really a closeness among the people. There is life here that that is not in this world that um, this world has, doesn't have to offer. I really like the positive environment. They really provide an opportunity for everyone to get involved. Church, look around and check one out. There's one out there for you. It's a real loving community. A message from Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Business Buzz is back on the air. We got uh, Jim McCall on the line. And uh, Jim, let's talk hey. a little bit about uh, what's uh, our listeners are always curious about what's happening in the world of the self-employed and the small businessman you being a uh, licensed contractor what's going on in the remodeling uh, world right now is there uh do you see that the government is like putting their nose in everything now is it a lot more regulations when you go to do a project yeah i'm involved in one now where the uh, home was built back in the early 80s by a well-known builder here in chico uh he's quite quite well-known. They built many, many houses, and they just designed their house to code at the time, and there was no engineering, uh, no expense category for that whatsoever. It was just approved. Now, this is with the county, uh, but the city's no different. And the uh, current remodel that I'm working on is requiring thousands and thousands of dollars worth of engineering for just simple code changes, and it's just becoming very onerous. Now, is, the, this, is the, this a remodel or an addition? No, this is a remodel. Oh, wow. Uh, we are remodeling, and there are some engineering problems. I, I don't deny that. I don't want to put the whole blame on the county, because the reason these guys are there in the first place is because stuff got built improperly and dangerously. People have been hurt and killed, you know, through uh, bad uh, violations and electrical problems and uh, structural issues. So I'm not debating that there can't, there shouldn't be a building department, but they become more and more uh, Napoleonic with each passing year. And even small jurisdictions like here in Butte County are taking on the attitudes of the larger building departments like down in the Bay Area or even uh, Los Angeles, where they just lean on you unmercifully. And you can't get those costs back. The time that you spend phone calling and delaying and setting up meetings, right. trying to get the customer to understand why their project hasn't started eight weeks ago. So you know there's so you know there's hard. you know there's trouble when the inspector comes out and he's got his hand inside his jacket. 
<laughs> yeah, he's got he's carrying a piece. Well, the, these guys are, uh, you know, and some of the inspectors, the inspectors that I've gotten here in Chico, have been, and also the county, have been real reasonable. I haven't run into huge problems, but I have in the past run into problems where they just they they have no experience to speak of in the in the real world, and they uh, yet come out and and can demand that changes be made to your project that. Just add no value. Right. They add no uh, improvement to the project. They just want to have something to say about it. Right. Well, I and love that description of Napoleonic. That's what made me think of the uh, the jacket thing. But uh, so oh, that's the other thing is the, these guys. They're often they're failed contractors. They, <laughs> for whatever reason, <laughs> they know enough to be dangerous, but they couldn't survive in business. They didn't like how hard they had to work, so right. they went to. Bu- you know, right. County it's easier to work nine to five, and nine to five, and, and earn a pension. Officials now. That's right. Nine to five, earn a pension for free, and uh, you're set. Oh yeah, get a fat county salary for the rest of your life and retire after twenty years. I mean, it's it's uh, it's becoming very onerous uh, on the public at large, and people are slowly waking up to these things. And because I, I always ask people, you know, we're kind of on the bubble here. If we add this door, uh, you know, it's technically. Uh, uh, requires a permit, and um, they say, no, no, don't bring those fools over here. You know? Right, right. And, and uh, it's, it's really, um, it really becomes uh, a, an issue even with homeowners because they realize now that these people are, they add an extra layer of cost and inefficiency that they don't get back. I was going to say, so, don't you find now that you, you've, been do- you've been doing this how long, um, how many years? So well, I, I've been licensed since 1987, wow. and I was in the trade oh a dozen years before that. Right, so it's been a so, while. So, are you seeing the fact that when costs go up, it's not necessarily your profit going up; it's the cost of everything with all these regulations. Well, that is a big part of it. Yeah, because they they uh, they increase the uh, the the uh, load factor on the materials. They um, require more expensive stuff, and, and the industry gets into this, too. I don't know if you're familiar with Simpson, who's the uh, maker, maker of uh, hangers and anchors and steel products, which do add value to the building. I'm not de- denying that this is a wonderful improvement in structure all overall and to add steel to but, your but building it, but it should be. Don't you think that should be a choice of the homeowner? Yeah, but if if uh, you're going to do a permit, then you, there has to be some standard. So yeah, no. But the, what I'm saying that, is, with less with less onerous uh, regulations, one homeowner might say, "Well, I know that that would be a great way to go, but can I just do it the old way?" But you can't. No, you can't. See, right. and the, uh, Simpson has glommed onto this. I mean, their catalog used to be the Simpson uh, uh, mechanical contract or uh, mechanical connection catalog used to be about four pages. Now that thing's over 120 pages long. Wow. And they add, they add new products every year and discontinue other ones that they claim no longer work or that these work better. This is no longer, uh, you know, uh, compliant, no longer compliant, maybe. Right. They're yeah. no longer compliant. Wow. And so the engineer, in fact, their, their business model is really awesome because what they do is they send every licensed engineer in the state of California a new CD every year delineating which products are now considered efficacious, you know, efficacious, right, whatever, right, and which right. ones are no longer meeting the grade. Wow. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. So the engineers just factor right into their CAD programs, and you've got to deal with this this new uh, this new string of parts. I mean, it's, wow. Uh, yeah. No, I know it's amazing, but uh, you know the fact that uh, what do you see right now in the market as far as uh, are people adding on because they're able to get like uh, seconds on their home, or how are they paying these you know amounts for like an addition or a remodel? Are they a lot of them well, using yeah, the, home, the, home uh, equity? The, the HELOC market, the, the home equity loan market, is slowly coming back, although we haven't, here in Chico, we have not hit the values that we had in 2006, 2007. Right, it's right. It's still a little level. shy, right. So there, a lot of people were wiped out there, and they, they are really gun-shy of uh, reacquiring the HELOC thing, because that's what got everybody in trouble in the first place. Right, and right. I, so they're really reluctant in that way, and other people are buying and moving up again, because you can do that pretty effectively. And what's really financing a lot of the development around here in, in California is the uh, loan rates. Because right. you can borrow money, even for a second, for very low, low rates. I think you can get, uh, you know, with good credit, you can get a home... Uh, improvement loan for in the neighborhood of five percent. Right, so. right. So yeah, and uh, and like I say, like you were saying, if if everybody's a little more cautious, then maybe we won't have the trouble we had in oh six oh seven. Hopefully, um, what's interesting to me is this giant mess that the financial world had back in oh eight. Basically, I mean, a lot of it was due to just the mortgage industry alone. And that required, like we were saying earlier, a $12 trillion bailout. So what's going to happen when everything implodes? But that's a little bit beyond what we were talking about here. But uh, I just yeah. want people to realize that the 08 crisis was never really fixed. But hopefully in Northern California here, we won't blow up the bubble with home prices too high like they might have been before. So hopefully yeah, it'll, a, it'll be normal. Yeah, it's a tough thing to monitor. I mean, how, what are you going to do? Because nobody... Nobody come. Nobody wakes up and says, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta go to Des Moines." You know, they wake up and they say, "Oh, I gotta see the ocean." Oh, I want to go to Yosemite. Oh, I've got to go see the redwoods. I mean, they wake up and they come to California. So right. we've got this magnificent attraction that all ultimately adds to people's home values and land values here in California. It's right. Even amazing. up, even up here in Northern California, it, it trickles up. I mean, we're close to Tahoe, we're close to Mount Shasta, we're close to Mount Lassen. I mean, there's wonderful attractions. It's, it's, been, it's, been my, it's been my theory that when the world wakes up and they do start having maybe some uh, urban trouble in the big cities uh, with, you know, if we have trouble here, um, when people wake up to what it's like up here in Northern California, north of Sacramento... I could see I could see it being a boom, but I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of my customers are actually retiring from Silicon Valley, and they're coming up here because it's much cheaper to live. I mean, you can buy a home right here next to Enlo if you've got medical issues, you're older, and you just want to be close in. Uh, you can get a home here in the avenues for three hundred thousand. Yeah, and it used I to mean, be used to be about two hundred. Well, yeah, but still, compared to the Bay Area, you can't get a home anywhere. Oh, I know. For it's, under it's a couple crazy. million dollars, so $300,000, hey, I'll take it, two. It's completely nuts. I had a client called me yesterday. He was with his parents, and if you can call it a problem, they were wondering what the tax consequence is going to be when they sell the house in Saratoga that they paid $35,000 for 
for three million bucks. <laughs> yeah. So no, if that's it your happens. worst problem, and you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. But the main yeah, thing about that is... You don't want to see a lot of people go to Idaho or they go to Nevada or they're heading off to uh, Oregon or Washington. I don't know which one is best to live in, but anyway, it's cheaper. And uh, But you got to deal with snow. Yeah, and, and rain, rain and snow. And, that's and what I'm California. saying. If people really finally wake up and realize that three hours from the Bay Area is this great community with great weather, you know, like you say, four hours to Tahoe, four, three hours to the ocean, hour and a half to Sacramento, um, uh, I could see this becoming a, a, a mecca for everybody who wants yeah. to leave the, uh, the mess. Because, you know, I used to work in the Bay Area. I know you did too, Jim. And yeah. uh, I, when I do have to visit down there and I avoid it like the plague, the traffic is so miserable that I, I don't even enjoy my trip down there because of the traffic. Yeah, traffic. I mean, we we don't have traffic here. We just it's just uh, it's just an amazing benefit. Yeah, I just yeah. hired some guy from the Bay Area to help me with the business this year, and he we were coming back from Oroville at five o'clock, and there was eh, I think there's a car about a quarter mile behind me, maybe one or two about half a mile ahead of me. I'm going, Luke. This is rush hour. <laughs> we, we could be on 680, you know, with a million trips in 24 hours. Right. And uh, it's bumper to bunker, I always door wondered, to door, when I 30 wor- miles. When, when I worked in the Bay Area, I worked in an office uh, doing accounting and taxes. I always, and I didn't, have, I, I enjoyed when I got a chance to go somewhere, like visit a client. But I always wondered, how do you, as a contractor, do your work down there when it takes an hour to get 20 miles down the freeway if you need to go somewhere else or pick up supplies. How do you even do the job down there? Well, it's very difficult. You have to, you have to, when I was working, I did a lot of work in Silicon Valley. Oh, because things were, you could hey, get, Jim, the, can, you could can get you, your price Jim, down can, there. I mean, you, you could ha- throw spaghetti at the wall and it would stick. I mean, it was, it was great. It's crazy. But you can had you, to plan on, on leaving Jim, at three o'clock in the morning. Can you hang on till uh, the break's over? Gotta go. Yeah, can you hang on till we come back, Jim? Sure. All right. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head. Five or ten minutes in the sun is more than sufficient to create enough vitamin D to maintain good health. Maybe staying out in the sun all afternoon to get your vitamin D isn't the smartest thing in the world. It might not be a bad idea to talk to your primary care provider about getting a test to see how much vitamin D you have circulating in your body. That could tell them whether or not you might need supplementation orally, which is the American Academy of Dermatology's recommended way to supplement vitamin D. So while the professionals work out exactly how much vitamin D we need in our system, use common sense, protect if you need to, and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin D. I'm Dr. Paul Sabin, and that's the skin you're in. If you have skin care questions, make an appointment today with Dr. Paul Sabin of North Valley Dermatology. Call Dr. Paul Sabin today at 342-3686. Again, that's 342-3686. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. 
Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Glad you're here. We got another beautiful day in Chico. Before we get back talking to Jim McCall, our resident expert contractor and remodeler, I want to mention that we are going to be offering an amazing, we're going to call it the Break the Chains Self-Employed Symposium. I'll have an announcement for date and time and place, but uh, we're going to get together all of these business experts in Chico, and we're going to teach you how to be self-employed, and that's all I'm going to say about it right now. So, Jim, uh, where were we at? Oh, yeah, we were in the Bay Area uh, driving around trying to figure out how to do work. Well, it is. It's, it's very difficult. And I, after a while, I had to stop taking work in, like, San Carlos, Redwood City, places like that. It was, just took too much time to get over there. And uh, the, um, the actual work time, your workday extends itself by about four hours because you're sitting on the freeway. So I, I did grow tired of that, and that's one of the reasons we left. We bugged out in 2000, and that big property ran up you know, and went to the mountains, but uh, right, right. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I wanted to put in a, a plug for the millennials. I know they're irritating in a lot of ways, but I think this new millennial uh, new millennial uh, uh, age group has something interesting going in the minimalist vein. Oh, right, you know, like the they, tiny they house and all that. They want to reduce the size of their housing. They want to live in a tiny house. They want to live uh, very simply, and uh, I understand that totally. You know, I tried to watch this show... Uh, regarding the uh, the rich, the super rich homes of the super rich, or something. it was it was disgusting. I can't stand I was, those shows. Uh, oh, it was just awful. What these people they have more money than they could possibly figure out how to use. They're trying to find out interesting ways to use their money, and it was just it was just grotesque. You know, and it's, I understand totally when, that reaction. Right, and it's sickening when you have um, you have actually. Uh, record numbers of people on food stamps. They can't even feed their children right now. Uh, of course, some of them have sort of gotten into the, the mode of being on food stamps and they don't look for work, but there's a lot of them that would be happy to work, but they can't find a decent job. And to see some, uh, I won't say a particular uh, type of uh, person, but you see an athlete or a movie star, you know, spending $100 million on some giant mansion, um, It to me it's just disgusting, but, you know, Live, yeah, live, I, live and yeah, let I, live. And, you I don't know. want to tell them they can't do it. Right. But on the other side of the coin, where is their values? Why Why are they so shallow that they they get their uh, enjoyment out of being uh, grotesquely consumerism? You know, it's just, yeah. uh, it's, it's, just it's, irritating. It's, well, it's actually, they it's, can't find something to do with their money that's more constructive. Well, the other not. thing is it, it's sad for them because they identify with their money instead of, anything else right. you know but yeah. no, i know what you mean but i mean these days though like we were talking about in silicon valley if you happen to own a nice four-bedroom home on an acre somewhere in that area you're probably looking at what three four five million dollars of of equity right now oh yeah it's it's well it depends on how often the property's turned over but yeah i mean to buy in there you know entry-level stuff is way over a million bucks down there by stanford Right. You know, and, in yeah, North End or Redwood yeah. City, it's just you can't. Most people can't afford to buy in there. I don't know. It, that, I, mean, I think that's going to translate to our area 
solidifying on these house prices? I mean, I would think. I, I can't say for sure. What do you think about that? Well, the problem with that is you're still in California, and you still have the silly regulations for the state that the governor and the legislature down there in Sacramento are slapping on people. I remember the a couple of years ago when Apple was expanding their operations, they decided not to stay in California. They sent 800 really high-paying, high-tech project uh, uh, salaries to Austin, Texas. Right, because California couldn't work out a, yeah. a thing and, to bring and, the jobs. Yeah, and they're not the only ones. I mean, they're, everybody's looking at places like even Reno. Didn't uh, Tesla go? Not Tesla. Right. Te- yeah, yes, it is. Te- Tesla has a giant battery factory in Reno now, in, and in it's going to bring in yeah. billions of dollars to the Nevada economy. But we yeah, passed it up here so in like Glen County. And they're, they're, California is going to kill the goose that's laying the golden egg eventually. Because no one in, <laughs> in no one in the legislature in Sacramento, I mean, there's only a few Republicans. It's just heavily Democrat. Well, the only they, solution is for us three to run as a block, <laughs> B-L-O-C. I don't know what we'll yeah. call it. <laughs> right. we'll, i got to go. Well, good talking right, to hey, you guys. Thanks for calling, Jim. Yeah, thanks, thanks for calling a lot. in, Jim. We'll talk to you Bye. soon. That's Jim McCall, folks, of uh, J-A-M Construction, J-A-M Construction. And uh, he is the go-to contractor. He is the contractor's contractor in the Chico area, in the greater Chico area, in the remodeling world. And he Just, cut his teeth down in Silicon Valley. Yeah, so he knows <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. And he's currently involved in a, in a big, a big remodel job that he's trying to get pushed through. And this job, I know a lot about it, uh, enough to make me dangerous. Uh, this job <laughs> is uh, you could buy a nice house. For the Chico, price of the remodel? For the price of this remodel. Right. I right. know how much it is. Right. And it is a chunk. Wow. Uh, so uh, I'm involved in it because I'm going to be putting in the HVAC system. Oh. I've already submitted the bids. Cool. And I know I've done walkthroughs with it, and I've met other contractors. I've met engineers. I've met So I know a little more about it than just a, a spit in the wind, as they say. <laughs> right. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, ahead, since... Sir. Since we've sort of been on the topic of politics a little bit, and we talked about the state of California um, legislature, I'm starting to wonder about the whole Trump thing. What do you think, Douglas? Is he is he fulfilling his campaign promises? Or well, there's never been a president in my lifetime, and I say in my lifetime because I go way back into the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> The mid nineteen hundreds, the previous the previous century, <laughs> the previous century, and uh, I have never known of a president on either side that's gotten as much done in such a short few months as this man has. I will give him credit, I, I, but my problem is he. I I'm hoping that the reason he hasn't done more is because of this massive headwind opposition he's got. That's the from only the reason. establishment. That's the only reason. Because he was gonna, he was gonna drain the swamp, and he's. I guess I hope he's trying. I'm not sure. But then again, if he goes slow, it might be better in the long run because there's a lot of forces against him right now, and it would be very dangerous. Like we were talking about last time, the original whistleblower JFK. We know what happened to him. That's true. So we don't want so, Trump to do too much at one time, but I still I still think the jury's out on what's what's really going to happen here. I mean, it's just he's got so much, so many forces against him. 
Well, I think he's uh, very strategically playing the big chess game. Now, and the, the, the thing that's so disgusting is with uh, CNN and these, these big uh, people that are more you mean full fake, of the, fake news network. The fake news network, yeah. We, we, never, we never have had this surface as much as it has now. And we, they've never been exposed as much as they are being exposed now. And they're trying to uh, grasp at straws any way they can uh, to connect him with. I mean, I just heard on the news, on the good news, uh, there are there are some stations out there that play some accurate news. And I just heard on one of those stations, a conservative uh, news news program, about uh, that the um, the Russian thing, uh, because they aren't making enough uh, facts and headway on him connected to Russia and how that that won him the votes and why he's the president now, all right. because of Russia. Now, since they're not being impacting enough and effective enough and have enough to present that makes any sense, they're jumping over to now that uh, his meeting with Germany now, it's they're, they're jumping over to Germany helped him get in, too. And I said, really? <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe we could jump down to Africa. Maybe Africa could help, too. And, and let's go over to Transylvania, and let's go over to uh, the Tahitian Islands. Maybe they helped him get in, too. I mean, they're, they're making a joke and a mockery out of themselves, and they don't realize how absolutely uh, big, uh, what a big fool they're making of themselves to try and grasp at straws to make him look like, oh, he, he didn't get in there legitimately. Listen, folks, he got voted in there, and the people that are behind him, and it, it, look at his campaigns when he was running. His campaigns way, way, way overshadowed any of the people that turned out at Hillary's, and uh, it, and yet the, the news didn't present it that way. They presented, yeah, Hillary's rallies were really lame. They were lame but and they, lean. They actually they were, photoshopped in pictures of crowds. Yeah, they and they had guys that, that proved that those were pictures from other yeah, get-togethers. Photoshopped because nobody was showing up for <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> but they all so insisted you, she was still in the yeah, lead in the poll. So yeah, don't bother coming out, folks. It's, a, dead, it's a done deal. Grab a few people from Disney that can sneak in some. Artificial, artificial. No, no, people. it's like Sergeant Pepper's cover with those oh, cardboard yeah, cutouts. I know, I know. That's even better. That's even a better description, Sergeant Pepper. I don't know how many people know that out there. But uh, that's fifty years old this year. <laughs> well, this station's going to be fifty years old next year, so I guess we awesome. have some some listeners out there that can relate to your to your twisted humor. <laughs> gotta I got to jab always, you some. I, I was born in the era where I was six. I was six years old when the Beatles made their British invasion. Wow. So I I was a Beatle fan my whole life. So, yeah. you know, good, bad, right, or wrong. You know, I don't think they're quite as devil-worshipping as some of the bands these days. So. Oh, man. No, they were they were just uh, quirky. Yeah, That's yeah all. They, they were entertaining. I, I think quirky is a better yeah, yeah. term for them. But, the, but some of the music still is pretty listenable. They didn't blacken their eyes and have their nose chained to their belly button and things like that. Things that we like see that, out right. there. Right. Nowadays, it's these so, days, so, yeah. yeah. No, well, the listen. music these days, that's another thing about this latest generation. I mean, there are some folksy stuff. I mean, some of the movies have some good music, but the radio of what I hear of the young people, and my son is in his mid-20s, so he's not that young, uh, and some of his music was pretty good. I thought the 90s and the 2000s weren't too bad with some of that stuff. But these days, if I do turn on the mainstream radio for the young people, it's complete garbage. I mean, the closest it gets is still 
imbecile, I'll just call it imbecilic music. The lyrics are stupid. They're shallow. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it isn't talking about a girlfriend, it's talking about nothing. There's no, I mean, whatever happened to, uh, you know, the the early Bob Dylan, whatever happened to blowing in the wind and all that stuff. The lyrics, there are no lyrics. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's no thought. If you think about something, like if I right now wrote a song, which I could do, I'm I'm an amateur guitarist. I could write a song called 20 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> but I I doubt if I would get any major station airplay because I don't think the powers that be want people to be thinking about the 20 trillion problem. <laughs> you agree? I agree. Couldn't <laughs> agree more. No, the the uh, we have to get back to common sense and reality. And I I hear people say, well, common sense isn't so common anymore, but uh you know, early on in America in the 1900s, we had uh, farmers that almost everybody had a family relative somewhere that had 15 acres or 10 acres or 20 acres where they were self-sustaining and they, they provided their own families and their greater outlying families, the aunts and the second generation cousins and uh, et cetera. They provided them with food, too, when times got lean. Right. So, uh, but that has gone away. It's a big corporate farms now. What really Huge. bothers me is uh, if you if you go to eBay and search commercial property, you can see entire brick bank buildings, especially in Kansas, mm-hmm. and you can buy one of those for about five thousand dollars. Wow! Because when you look at the picture of the little town, I always think about it as back in the fifties. That would have been a, all these little towns. There's I was thousands there. Thousands of them. I was Douglas there. was there. I was there. Those little towns. I lived in Kansas, near Hutchinson. In right. Fact, you would in the fifties. That's 53, right. Fifty three. That's where I learned to drive. That's right. You would have had a bakery, a butcher shop, right? Yeah. A toy store, yeah. a hardware store, an RX drug store right. down on the corner right. where you could get a malt or a milkshake, right? right. Or, and a, a counter, right, to have a yeah. meal. Or and you could buy your driver's license for three dollars. And a theater. A just, movie theater. You just went in and bought your driver's license. You just cool. went in and gave them three bucks, and they'd hand you a driver's license. All right. It was that simple. But that is what America was like six, 60 years ago. Yeah. And those towns are now drying up and blowing away. You can you can buy whole buildings now for nothing mm-hmm. because nobody's there. Right. And I'm sure the young generation has to move to the cities. There's no... There's no jobs on these big corporate farms. I mean, there's a few jobs, but you're just you're and, just and running the, a tractor and, for and a the corporation. Sad thing is the younger generation doesn't stay there. That's what they I mean. Leave. They have to go. They right. leave, and there's nobody there to work the farm. Right. So when when our and I I call it our generation. I'm a little younger than you, but we're fairly in the same ballpark. Fairly close. Getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when this generation is gone. There's nothing left. No, the for, generation for the that's old, coming up. Ameri- the old United States stuff is going away. The generation that's coming up is a dangerous generation. They're all on their cell phones, texting with their thumbs at lightning speed, standing beside you know, 14 in a row. Well, on that, got, ha- on that happy note. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so much for Business Buzz today, that's folks. Right. Join business, us tomorrow. Business Buzz tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Don't miss it. We'll be here. I'll be here. It's my show tomorrow, Douglas Broughton, with the Chico Business Network Association. We'll be talking about uh, the local business tomorrow. We're going to leave the big big government to themselves. And Thank I'm you. Harold Littlejohn, CPA, signing off. We'll see you next time. KKXX, Paradise. K280GL, Chico. And K283AR, Chico.
Yuba City, Marysville. Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Hall Marketing and Design in Chico would like to remind us that thousands of children who were safe at home a year ago are missing today. Parents, it is important to keep recent photographs, fingerprints, and dental records of your child. If you have any information that may lead to the location of a missing child, report it. This message from Hall Marketing and Design in Chico. Visit them online at hallmarketingdesign.com or call 895-9484. That's 895-9484. They're on the air because they care about our children. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Former football star and national lightning rod O.J. Simpson has won parole from the state of Nevada after serving nine years of a 34-year sentence for robbery. O.J. Simpson breathed a heavy sigh of relief after he won parole. Convicted of armed robbery in a botched attempt to take back mementos that belonged to him, Simpson continued to insist he never hurt anyone and never meant to. Among those testifying at his hearing, Bruce Fromong, the dealer he took the items from. I've known O.J. for a long time.